This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Space Marines. All day long, that's all I do. Pain Space Marines. Hello everyone, and welcome to Chapter Tactics, your 40k podcast which focuses on playing Warhammer 40k competitively at all levels of the game. I'm your host, PD Pop, and today with me I have Thomas Hegstrom Oki, currently I think the number one Space Marine player in the ITC right now. Uh, yeah. Uh, though that might change, there were five very large events in January, there may be six. As you're listening to this recording, the Ease into the LVO event is happening right now. Uh, sadly, I'm probably building mountains and mountains of terrain for the LVO as it's going on, so I probably won't be able to attend, though that should be another great event and another large January event, which I'll probably talk about in the last week of January. Heck yeah, man. So I wish I, I wish yeah. I could make it. Thomas, I wish you could make it too. James, Just so you could James wishes, not I, wishes I could make it as well. Yeah. Um, so it should still be a great event. Um, there should still be a lot of really good players there. Uh, there's the entire Paradise crew, Mike Snyder, uh, Brandon Grant, um, Aaron Hayden, the, the, those guys are all sensational players. On top of that, there are a lot of other players in San Diego from Game Empire, Cooper, Doug, Johnson. Um, there are more. I just can't think of them right now. But any, anyways, Many names. the point is there, there are a lot of good players down here in San Diego, so it should be a great, fun event. Uh, also, you can't go wrong with a bar in an event. Oh, yeah, that sounds just that sounds pretty right awesome. There. I uh I, I'm missing out on the opportunity to uh, to wreck some drunk guys. That'll be that's too bad. <laughs> All right, guys. So for those of you who've been listening, January we've been going into LVO interviews with some top players. Uh, basically, I got people, anyone who I could find, um, bottom of the barrel. I'm just joking. I'm sticking <laughs> to top ten. Top 10 ITC players, Thomas Oki. Uh, where, what rank are you right now currently in the ITC? Uh, as of last Friday, 7. Or, okay, seven. okay. as of the, as of the recording, I'm 7. As of as of the recording, 7. We're recording on the 19th Thursday, um, so that might change, but I doubt it. I think I think right now the standings are pretty current. But, yeah, um, so we're preparing for the LVO down here, and meanwhile, you guys are preparing for the LVO. You guys are getting your armies painted. And uh, one quick note, if you are doing well at the LVO, and, or you plan to do well at the LVO, we ask you very nicely to please have a fully painted army in case you are required or asked to go on stream. Um, if you make the top eight, we would really like to have pretty armies on stream. Um, so really work on your armies, guys. Um, obviously, we still do have that three-color minimum, uh, but certain people, we will hold the higher standards. As as we speak, as we speak, that's what I'm doing. Painting painting that's space rings. <laughs> All right, guys. So we're gonna jump into tournament news right now. There are there have been five events since the last record. Not since the last recording, but there have been five events since I last recorded. Uh, they've all happened in January. We're gonna start with the Imperial Outpost Renegade GT. Thomas and I attended this event. It was 36 players. It was a very, very fun event. I think I'm definitely gonna have to go back out to Arizona and play. It's a good venue. Brandon Grant been dominating the scene hot 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 player he beat uh brett perkins and um james carmona at the event two 
solid, not even solid, two really, really good players, two players that I think are could be considered favorites to make the top eight at Delvio. Um, he beat them on the way to a 5-0 and finish with his Dark Angels list. Uh, he did add a little bit of extra stuff in there, which um, if you listen to the first week of January for the podcast, he w- we actually had him on and he talked about his list a little bit. Hi. Second place... Jeff Robinson, four and one with Gene Sterkle. Did you? Did you didn't? Um, you you mentioned that he beat. Or I mean, he beat those two, but he also beat uh, Jeff. He final oh, final game was against Jeff. I wasn't actually I wasn't actually 100 percent sure if he did beat Jeff or not. He, I forgot. He went. But yeah, James James was game two. Uh, I don't know who he played game three. Um, but then game four was uh, Brett. Brett, and then game five was Jeff. Jeff, and he, he beat. Yeah, what's Brandon Grant is hot right now. He's he's not only is he winning events, he's beating players who consistently win events consistently. Oh yeah. Um yeah, so that's amazing that he beat and just just so you know, just so you guys know, um second place was Jeff 4 and 1 with Gene Circle. Third place was Brett Perkins 4 and 1 with Renegades and fourth place even though I don't have him in the notes was James Carmona 4 and 1 with Chaos uh with Chaos Demons. So Brandon Grant beat the second, third, and fourth place players at the event. So he probably had one of the hardest schedules at the event. It was uh, that's pretty incredible. It's with yeah. hands down. Oh yeah, I mean already the your last three opponents had a combined twelve and three record. That's yeah. That's Brand, you, you Brandon caused the three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, that's Brandon Grant. You're hot. Um, heard, Huzzah heard, hobbies. Heard it here first. Brandon Grant, very hot. Very hot. It, in more ways than one. A, a, a ten, a ten in the nerd, a ten in the Warhammer nerd world. That's 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 like a six in the regular world. I'll, I think he would take. <laughs> For the second event, we had the Huzzah Hobbies Hammer in the New Year GT. Thirty-two players. Uh, first place was Matt Shuckman, who uh, coincidentally played Brandon Grant at the BAO in the second to last round, round four, and lost. Um, though Matt Chuckman is still a phenomenal Eldar player. I imagine he went 5-0 and with his flagship Eldar list. It's a Seer Council with Eldar shenanigans. I don't know if he's changed it up, um, but Matt Chuckman is a really good player. He definitely deserved that 5-0 win. Second place was Sean Naden. He went 4-1 and with Tau. Um, word on the street is, is that he's been playing Taudar, but I'm not 100% sure about that. It is Sean Naden. Sean Naden is known for really uh, unique lists that he's really good at piloting. Uh, so I, I'm curious to find out what Sean Naden's list is, but I don't want it spoiled for me until when we get to the LBO. So if you guys could please kindly not tell me. I know someone's going to message me as soon as I as soon as I record, as soon as I release the podcast. But Sean Naden's running a towel list, which is really strange. Uh, last season he ran his uh, Eldar with the with the Corpse Thief Claw and Swooping Hawks. The year before that, of course, Lictor Shame. So this year I'm curious. It might be Piranha Piranha Firestream. That, that's the formation called the the fire stream, piranha fire. What's what's that? Yeah, um, what's it called? It, yeah, the it, I'm pretty sure that you got it pretty pretty close to right. I would be I, I'm kind of surprised if that's what he decides to run. It's not like I don't I don't feel like in the ITC format it's that good. I, I feel like I feel like um I feel like maybe maybe you're I'm not 100 percent sure. I feel like that's I feel like, been we, like a hot we, formation that a lot of people have yeah. been talking about. The ITC I think I nerfed it. I yes. feel like. Anyways, so, so so Tao, I'm, I'm curious to see. I hope it's Crew, Sean Naden, uh, Crew, or right up your alley, and I love Crew. <laughs> just just mass Crew, he beats everyone. Mass Crew, oh my gosh. Um, and third place, Eric Horger with Demons, 4-1. Good job, Eric. Eric is another phenomenal player. And T-Shift, third event, with 62 players. Ben, 
Shimamalolor, congratulations on both your wedding and an awesome event. 62 players. And first place, Paul McKelvey. I got your name, your last name right this time, Paul. You went 5-0-1 with Tau. Paul deserves this win. I, every time I see Paul at an event, he's always doing really well, um, and then he just loses somehow in the finals. Um, so he's always one of those players who's always sniffing at the top tables. Uh, as far always as the I've bridesmaid, seen. not the bride. Right, right. So, Paul, congratulations on a really large GT win for you. 62 players, the largest event in January, I think that will be, unless uh, these and the LVO will cap at less than that. So 62 players, Paul, you beat some amazing players. Uh, congratulations, well-deserved win. And hopefully you can capitalize it and go into a hot winning streak into the LVO with it. Uh, and Paul doesn't run typical Tau lists either. He runs a lot of different crisis suits, uh, kind of a euphemist. He's also a really intelligent player with a lot of experience with the faction. Um, so you won't just see, like, two Storm Surges and a Riptide wing from him. <laughs> like the rest of the <laughs> I see what you. I see what you did there. Right. <laughs> uh, second place, Gareth Hunt, 5-1 and one with Dark Angels. I believe Gareth won last year's T-Shift uh, with Renegades. Uh, so this year he ran Dark Angels. I, I'm... Wouldn't be surprised if it was something similar to Renegades in terms of model spam, so probably uh, Lion's Blade. Who knows? But Dark Angels Lion's Blade Battle Company seems to be the hot new army that's kind of popped up over the season. And then Sean Morgan, 5-1 with Tau. Sean, I, I unfortunately did not recognize your name, uh, but you went 5-1 on T-Shift. You must be another phenomenal player, and you ran Tau. Hopefully you didn't run uh, two Storm Surges and a Riptide Wing. Um, but you know, you know, whatever. If you did, you know, good on you. Hate, you still be haters. Haters gonna hate. <laughs> All right, the Glass City Grand Tournament. Fourth. That's what Frankie's saying in the background. Right, Frankie's Frankie's looking at me, glaring at me right now. Like, like what are you talking about? <laughs> All right, the Glass City Grand Tournament. Fifty-nine players. First place was Mr. Aaron A. Long. Went five and zero with Dark Angels. I can only imagine that he mm-hmm. ran his, you know, typical sort of Dark A. Long Dark Angels star. Um, I did talk. I did get a chance to talk to him a little bit about it uh, before the podcast, and um, it, it sounds like he's changing things up a little. I'm not going to mention it here on stream. He asked me not to mention it, but uh, basically, Aaron A. Long is going to be running an Aaron A. Long style list, and uh, he should do well at LVO with it. So that's that. He's running super, super super friends, even if people don't like that term. It's it's he runs a lot of super friends. He loves you know what or or Imperial Soup. Imperial, Imperial Soup is a is another thing. Aaron Elong likes close combat. He he told me that he he's outspoken about you know close combat armies hey, winning the. If he likes close combat, he'd play Wolfen. <laughs> Maybe you know I'm what he kidding. could he could run Wolfen. You know, I mean, know. Wolfen have been out for less than a year, and the thing and the truth of it is is that he's he's correct in that many for in, in most formats, I, I, I an Imperial Soup Death Star will do well getting into close combat. Yeah. That's that's a tr- those true statement. Yeah. So, Aaron, um, you're getting hot at the right time. First place, 59-player event is a huge event. Uh, second place, Sean Naden went 4-0-1 with his mysterious Tau. And then third place, Brad Chester went 4-1 with, I imagine, his Tau-dar list that he did well at Nova with. I believe he won Nova with it. Um, Brad Chester, by the way, is having uh, a quietly having a really, really great season. Uh so, Brad Chester, I, I'm sure – I don't mention your name yeah, a lot, like, buddy, but you are doing great. You made the top eight at Delville last year, and I would not be surprised at all if you made the top eight this year. He's uh, second or third in Neldar or something? Yes. I, 
Matt Sh- Matt Sh- Schumann? Schumann? Sh- I don't Shuckman. know how to say it. Shuckman. Shuckman. Yes. Shuckman. You didn't mention that, but he is number one Eldar yes. now. And he's like 10th or 11th or something in the, all overall. Yeah, Matt's, Matt's getting up there. Uh, Brad Chester. He has been 10th multiple times, I think. I, I don't think Brad Chester plays as many events as Matt does. I'm not sure, well, it's uh, more or, or events that are ITC anyway, right? right, like, right. I mean, one thing that we have to take into account is that a lot of these guys, a lot of, especially East Coast guys or any of the guys who are like ETC or, you know, Europe, the LV, or I mean, the ITC is kind of growing out from Western United States and a lot of events, either, even with the fact that we say, hey, look, it's an open ended format, you, you can just play whatever format you want, whatever missions you want, and then just get your points recorded with us, you know, based on the math algorithm, a lot of, a lot of groups, a lot of players, and a lot of uh, tournaments haven't caught on to that yet and it's uh well it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with the player profiles and the i and the best coast pairings app especially t-shift t-shift that's another thing that i wanted to mention that i forgot t-shift just did the the first player app right yes absolutely and that's awesome that's huge it's awesome i downloaded it today oh nice um i i unfortunately do not have an apple Operating system. I don't know if they've transferred to Android yet. Uh, they did. They yeah. They, okay. They, that was uh, mentioned on uh, Signals actually last week. Yeah. They just they just launched that too. You know what? I'm gonna download it right now as we're recording. It's awesome. Okay. Anyway. All right. So, uh, but basically, there there are the, there are a lot of ITC events on the East Coast. It is growing um, in the East Coast, and I do like how the East Coasters kind of at first they kind of they didn't shun the ITC. But um, they de- they definitely saw it as a different format from their own or from from maybe the way they were playing. But now they've I, th- I feel like more people are accepting the fact that you can have an ITC event and still make it completely your event. And the, all that matters for players is the points, uh, which Huge. is which is important. That's that's really that's what the main goal of the ITC is is to get players to travel, and go to different uh, venues, and you know kind of boost the hobby in that way. So if you're giving players points just for coming in the door, it doesn't really matter what kind of event you're running. You're doing a great job. So anyways, Aaron Along, Sean Naden, Brad Chester, you guys all did well for a second and third place in the Glass City Grand Tournament. And the final event, the Scarab 40K GT, which I just got a little bit of information on just today. Uh, these numbers might be wrong, guys. I didn't get uh, – there wasn't on Best Coast Pairings as far as I saw. The page I got was just the players with no factions – um, so I had to kind of find their factions, and then it was all was also organized alphabetically. So I kind of had to sort through it a little. That's okay. So I counted 30 players. First place with first in battle points was Thomas Bird. Thomas Bird went got fourth at the Warzone Atlanta with Corsairs and Eldar, and I was told that that is the same list he ran at the Scarab 40k GT. So he's running this Corsair and Eldar list that you saw at the Warzone Atlanta list. Second place Horton Dotton. Horton Dotton is a beast. He got first overall. Uh, so congratulations, Horton, to getting first overall. He's also running the Chaos Space Marines, Rahadi War Sect, so basically Magnus. And uh, for you guys who are keeping <laughs> keeping track Magnus of... And buddies. Magnus and buddies. For those of you who are keeping track of Chaos Space Marine factions, I think you should put a little asterisk next to any Chaos Space Marine primary guys and um, maybe like roll a die, and on a 3-plus it's a Magnus player. Maybe even on yeah. a two plus. Um, Did, didn't even our boy Alan run? Uh, he, I think I think he did. He was, he was running Magnus. Yeah, I think I think, I think Magnus yeah. is the chaos space between hotness yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. But Horton Dodden, it's still uh, like Nick Nanavati said. 
in a Facebook post. It is still not a list you can just pick up and play and do well with. Um, it is not that kind of net list. No, even though it's deceptively simple, it's five models and then whatever other models you want to add in in like a hundred points or whatever. Um, it's a really difficult list to play. Um, so he talked about it on uh, they they featured him on Forge the Narrative. Yes, they did. And uh, ahead of time, and he was talking about it, and he he brought up a good point, which I should, I want to just reiterate that um, it's it's unforgiving. It's unforgiving. It's very tough. Yes. But it's unforgiving. So if you if you have a bad die roll, bad set of die rolls, or fail a grounding check or two, that I mean your list is you're 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 done basically. Yeah. You know you 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 get second turn against something that you know you have a hard time reserving against. You lose a couple demon princes at the beginning of the game. Yeah, it, it it's it. You're right. It's very unforgiving. Um, actually, I played Don Hoosen. He was running mm-hmm. his Roddy War sec list at the Imperial Outpost Renegade GT. Uh, and I played him, and I was fully expecting to lose. However, um, I scouted up Twin Link Heavy Bolter Razorbacks and killed the one Demon Prince with Cursed Earth and Summoning. Oh, brutal. Yeah, it was just, it was like, Don Don was basically praying that he would pass all his saves because of all my shooting. Because I had pretty much, I'd angled it so every single Razorback could hit that Demon Prince. And I just shot it up and killed it, and that was that. Um, so that set him behind, and I actually was supposed to win that game, um, but Magnus decided to go ham on my army near the Relic, and there there were spawn randomly appearing everywhere from that one Zinch power or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, I, I had a hard time dealing with the spawn and Magnus, and through an unfortunate series of events, I couldn't contest the Relic, so Don tied the game. So Don, congratulations on snatching vic- or a tie from the jaws of defeat. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and go Magnus. Yeah, go Magnus. That's that is a. T- I think I killed all but one demon prince of Don's um, just with twinling heavy bolter fire, and I, I still can't believe I tied the game. And the game ended on five. That I think we ran out of time. Actually, doesn't matter. It was it was a really fun game, and um, I learned a lot from playing Magnus, and. Yeah, so Magnus is Magnus is good. Surprise. Right. Well poinced. <laughs> All right. On to uh, some statistics I pulled up from these tournaments. So I decided that... Did you... Did, I'm, I'm sorry. Did you figure out who number three was at the Scarab GT? Oh, I'm so sorry. It was Paul Murphy. I, Paul, I'm so sorry, buddy. Uh, Paul Murphy, third place. He was running uh, Renegades with the Gore Pack in there, which sounds like a really nasty list. I imagine the Gore Pack just runs at your opponent, ties them up, and then, of course, your renegades, you've got obsec zombies, probably got a ton of artillery, and you're just basically blowing your opponents off the board. Paul Murphy, good job. You are a heck of a player. Armies that have at most one loss stats in January uh, is the statistic I pulled up. Um, basically, I decided to count all the different factions that had one loss or less in these five events. And I added it all up, and I thought I'd tally it you guys. Um, I know not all these tournaments use the missions that will be seen at LVO. However, I still, still thought this was relevant data because a lot of these players are going to LVO, and I think that this is the closest relevant information we have to determining a meta at LVO, at least a uh, top tables meta. Um, I think the general meta that you will see is a ton of Space Marines, a ton of Chaos Demons, or a ton of Chaos, um, and sprinkled in majority Eldar and Tau. And, and then, of course, the normal meta, you know, like, people are just there to have a good time, you might see the occasional Dark Eldar, Harlequins, Legion of the Damned, Assassin player, 
you know. Um, but that'll be the majority of players, I think, is, is in those four factions. I don't think you're actually going to see a lot of Gene Circle either. Just timing. Yes. Right? It just came out in October. Yeah. It's 100, and, 100 plus models per army. Yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, it's it's tough to even even though they had you've had um almost about four months to prepare for it. I think it came in at the middle or the end of October, so about three months, closer to three months. Um, you, I don't think you're gonna see a lot of Gene Silicol, which is unfortunate because it's it's a really unique army. Um, but I might be wrong. Maybe maybe some intrepid Gene Silicol players will have their armies waiting for the LVO, and they they're like the Gene Silicol have been hiding in the shadows, waiting for their moment to strike. Many, you mean, like like 50 or 60 intrepid Gene Stiller Cult players. Yeah, 50 or 60. As many Gene Stiller Cult players as the models that the Gene Stiller Cult players run. So 100. Yeah, 100. <laughs> 100 Gene Stiller Cult players will come oh, out of the woodworks and, and... That would just be... <laughs> yo, yeah. I, just need, I just need to smash my army with a hammer right now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if there were 100 Space Marine players. Uh, not including Dark uh, Angels. That's not surprising. Right, but because uh, that's a full quarter of the... The base, the, um, uh, drawing a bank here, full quarter of the event, and which is about roughly because Space Marines hit at about thirty percent at events. Yeah. So, so you know, it's, it's right up there. If it, it would be surprised if you saw hundred Space Marine players, um, though. Not there's that thirty k event. So you know, there's about you know hundred people signed up for Horus Heresy. So maybe those hundred Space Marine players transfer over to Horus Heresy. And you and you're saying just that hundred hundred. Codex Space Marine players, right? Yeah, not, not Dark here. Angels, not Blood Angels, not Grey Knights, not all the other Power Armor dudes, just Codex Space Marines. Just, well, it's not terribly surprising. It's kind of, it's the, I mean, it's been the first book, you know, in sixth, fifth, you could you could argue it was in fifth and then in sixth and then in seventh now. Right. Where if three Codexes in a row, you've kind of had multiple different ways to play this, that these models yeah, with all in one Codex. And- and not only that, people right. love Space Marines are, I imagine, have always been really popular since the very beginning. Because um, so I know, cool. I know people hate. Yeah, I know people hate on the poster boys of GW, but I mean, <laughs> they're they're popular. They're popular for a reason. I like them enough to tattoo one to my body. There you go. All right, so under these statistics, which I'm sure you guys are really waiting for, um, number one, there were seven Tau players with at least or at most one loss. Um, so seven Tau players. That's a pretty large number. There were repeats. Sean Naden, of course, did repeat, uh, but there were seven Tau lists. And six was Chaos Demons, which is the second most popular army, the, which doesn't surprise me at all. Chaos Demons are still one of the best armies, if not the best army, especially when your dice are not cold. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me at all. There's a lot of really heinous Chaos Demon lists. Um, right now, I think the majority of the lists you see will be either uh, kind of like an MSU demon and demonic incursion list, or some sort of Cabal Star with Screamer Star or something like that. So I think those are going to be the majority of the you'll see many, I think you'll see many Tetrads? Um, I, you, I'm sure you'll see a couple. Uh, and I think the Tetrads are getting more popular. But with Magnus out, I just I don't see why. I just I think you should just why, run Why you wouldn't Magnus. just upgrade? Yeah, yeah, just upgrade one of those Tetrad Demon Princes to Magnus. Yeah, and then and then there's your and then now your Chaos Space Marines primaries and the, I think Tetrads are also Chaos Space Marine factions or, uh, or Chaos yeah the, Chaos Princes are are not no, no Tetrads the Tetrads a demon okay it's yeah demon. yeah because it's a demon it, yeah it, it came in it came both. in the Curse of the Wolfen yeah yeah because they're both Chaos Space Marine, or uh, Chaos Demon Princes 
are both demons and Chaos Space Marines. Depending on right, the they have slightly, slightly different options. Right. Anyways, Chaos Demons 6. Fifth is Dark Angels, uh, which is, if you were to check back um, about 300 days ago from now, uh, you would probably see one Dark Angels player, maybe two. Um, but now there are five, and uh, you're probably starting to see a lot of uh, Ultra Angels and some White Angels or some Dark Scars. <laughs> <laughs> some Dark Scars, right, nice. Right. Um, so the, there's a lot of people who are switching over, making the jump over to Dark Angels. I know a guy, local guy here, Michael Snyder, who almost barely missed the top eight in LVO last year. Um, he made the switch over to Dark Angels from a White Scars battle company. Um, he's actually got Salamander Angels. So, hey, I appreciate that. That means he's not going to be fighting me for my uh, my title. Right. Um, but but Dark everyone's switching over to Dark Angels Battle Companies. Um, they are all the rage. So I think you will see less White Scars Battle Companies and more Dark Angels Battle Companies, which I personally think is a mistake because I think the White Scars Battle Company is still better. But I am also a homer. So you know, take I, that with a grain of salt. Yeah, I'm, I'm – well, I tend to agree with you. I don't know. That's a – it depends on what you're saying. What you're what you're saying as far as a, a dark, you know, a battle company. Are we right. saying that you know the, the list is entirely, or even a dark angel player? Like, I mean, without a doubt, we can't deny that uh, both both Aaron and um, Brandon have have changed the meta in and of themselves. Yes. You know, people see see their success and say, "Hey, I can do that too." Um, but the question I kind of like, I comes to mind for me is, what what are you adding to to a battle company to uh, fill out those extra points. You know, basically the things that you didn't, you, the, you didn't have to pay for the transports. Therefore you got X, Y, or Z thing. Right. Right. So for instance, Brandon this time around p- picked up a, you know, the, the dog star uh-huh. and the priest. Um, and uh, you know, in times past he had the, he had the two different units of, um, of bikes, you know, the, the two different uh, dark angel bike squads. So, uh, or and I know that Mike Michael Snyder, for instance, the BAO, if I'm remember, if I'm face to name right here, um, he ran a he ran some Eldar, and had a couple of um, a couple of the the fire prism chassis D flail things, whatever they're called. Warp hunters. That's the word. Yep, those things. Anyway, sorry I interrupted. No, that's okay. And to answer your question, White Scars players switching over to Dark Angels are trading hit and run and outflank and scout for stubborn and full ballistic skill overwatch and probably uh, a better independent character in Azrael, um, especially for what they use it for, like Brandon Grant and uh, Mike Snyder, um, the four up involved and the being able to give feel no pain to a large unit if they're on or if they're near an objective, um, that can be huge. So, well, and you can you can choose too, right? Like, right. I mean, yeah, you can choose the objective. War, Warlord it doesn't even have to be that one, right? It, well, he gets to pick his Warlord trait, yes. right? So you could choose between games. Yeah. So, so, so that's huge. Like it could it could be the rapid maneuver instead if you if you need that. You need um, the extra movement for the run move. Right. right. Yeah. Right, well, charge and charge and move move run moves and charges. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, that being aside, Dark Angels or five uh, Space Marines. Chaos Space Marines with an asterisk, uh, Magnus next to their name, and Eldar all held strong at three appearances. Renegades, Corsairs had two appearances, and then Knights, Gene Circle, Harlequins, Necrons, and Space Wolves all had one appearance. So in total, we had 
13 factions show up um, with at least, with at most one loss. Um, so if you were to kind of take the round five or round four LVO and kind of take like the top 20 players or so, maybe top 30 players, you would have roughly 13 factions, I predict, judging by looking at this, maybe maybe a little less, maybe 10 different factions. Um, that's not to say that there's 10 different army lists because factions have different army lists internally, um, which I think is just proves that the meta is really diverse or that we have a diverse tournament setting right now. Um, because last year, or two years ago, um, at the tail end of 6th edition, I don't think it was that diverse. I think there was a lot of Tyranids and some Space Marines and a lot of Eldar, and I think that was it. Um, I remember specifically that was that was kind of what I was looking at when I was looking at it. Basically, the LVO meta, or the, the 40k meta in general is changed and is a lot more diverse, and I think this just proves it. Um, for those of you who maybe disagree with me, I understand. Um, there are people who disagree with me. Um, I just, I would just ask to maybe just go to a really large event, 50 or 60 plus players, and at the second to last round, look at the top 16. Just, just please just do that. Um, and of course, in a vacuum or randomly with random draws, there's not always going to be that. There's, of course, there's going to be one large event where the meta is, doesn't appear to be diverse. Um, though in general, from what I've seen and from what I've I've uh, gathered for data for tournament reporting, it's it seems like it's a lot more diverse than it was when I first started in six. Yeah, the the larger the larger the event, the more diverse I think you get. I mean, obviously with a smaller event, you're 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 more likely that you're just like the more local crowd, right? And right. They they might have you know the the a couple of game stores or whatever, and there's kind of the uh, quote unquote alpha player or alpha players who play specific things, right. and so then other people copycat them. But when you go to a larger event, I definitely agree with that. Um, I, I do think commenting towards you know people that disagree with you about the diversity of of seventh edition 40k, I think that there's there's twofold. One, there's the people who are kind of like, well, it's it's maybe too diverse. There's so much going on, it's so much to ingest that really they kind of just like. Are like ah never mind I can't I can't deal with this I'm just gonna look at something that's you know kind of obvious you know a good example being like Skyhammer or Battle Company or uh, Aspect Host right so it's just it's super efficient and everybody uses it and so it's just spammed over and over again because it's first off it's easy and it's pretty clear and efficient that that's it's it's a good thing and then the other thing that I think people are arguing is that there are factions that have been left behind. And that is definitely true right now in uh, the 40k universe. Um, one of my good buddies, Rich Kilton, who's an orc oh, player. Oh, orcs. Yeah, Love Rich. I mean, he he. <laughs> yo, Rich is a great guy. He's got a great attitude. But you know, I mean, even I mean, he he wouldn't be human if he didn't. He wouldn't be an orc if he didn't complain something there. Anyway, he 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 complain from time to time. He commiserates with me that. Um, you know, well, the Imperials get all this, or the demons get all that, or or whatever. Where's the stuff for the orcs? And you know, I tend to agree with them. I mean, in the in the in the age of in, in this new age where Games Workshop is kind of like listening to their customer base, and like, I mean, you look at look at the the things that happened with um, the, you know, the kind of the community outcry about the pink horrors. We almost immediately got a got a uh, a fact for them. Or another good example is the Sisters of Silence and the Custodes. When they came out and everyone was like, well, how do we play them? And there, I mean, there was almost a riot on the internet. And then Games Workshop was just like, here, we, we, you, you ask and you shall, ask and you shall receive kind of thing. 
So like what I, I guess here's my moment. I would ask games workshop going forward from here. Um, even though, even as they roll up this kind of quote unquote, uh, 40k 40k in times sort of and into eighth edition that maybe we don't have some we don't have any factions left behind you know it'd be nice to have orcs and dark eldar and blood angels and gray knights and uh you know a new maybe new sisters of battle that's that you know i don't want to i don't want them to be squatted what? so i'll just be quiet on that subject <laughs> but you see what you see what i'm I, saying i see, I see like, what I you're think saying that's i think that that's what people are arguing is that you know there's these things that are incredibly efficient and so they get spammed from table to table over and over again. Right. And so people don't feel like there's list diversity because there's some of these factions that don't, that haven't seen any love and therefore can't and, and, participate. And that's that's um that's a very very valid uh, argument. And for for a lot of people, that's keep, what's keeping them from playing 40k at large events or kind of fully committing to the game of 40k. Um, and specifically co- competition and competitive 40k. And I, I understand those gripes completely, 100%. Um, they're Death Watch, Dark, uh, Dark Eldar, Orcs, Orcs, Sisters of Battle. Although Sisters of Battle kind of got a little bit of a boost. Um, and, they, I mean, <laughs> nobody's going to use Celestine. No, no one's going to use Celestine in a Sisters of Battle army. They're going to use it in and every, every other army. army. You're, you're right. Um, so basically, um, I would argue that there there is a lot of diversity. If, if you take If you take all of the lists and all of the players that play 40k it's kind of like there's no middle class like it's an hourglass figure right oh i i, I totally agree with and you. and that's and that's totally agree. that's a problem is gw is getting out that middle class and that's not lack of diversity so much as just kind of a lack of balance um, uh, yeah which is which is no, I, 40k is fair. not a balanced game um in that respect uh, i think it's a lot more balanced now than it was two years ago but it's it's not Agreed. a balanced game in that respect, and for people who say that it's not a balanced game, I I have to agree with you when you look at that hourglass figure. Um, though it is a lot more diverse, and I think I think there's kind of uh, room for people to grab their own grab their own list and have kind of like their fun orc list or you know play the factions that they want. But when they go to a tournament, there's enough diversity within the competitive meta to still play what you want. You just won't play um, Dark Eldar or orcs. You'll just have like um, maybe you'll run an interesting Gene Seer cult list with some Exocrines or something. I don't know. It, it, it's, 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 you, you basically, you have to, if you want to enjoy 40k, uh, from both sides of the spectrum, I think you have to have two factions, which is unfair. To be fair, it's unfair. It, it's true. I mean, yes, I would, I mean, heck, I bought the Death Watch right as they came out. Oh. You know, I, I, I bought the book from you. You did? In fact. Yeah. And I, I, I got the book from you. And I got, I, you know, I got it, and I built a bunch of models, and you know, I actually, I spent most of the models I had from my my first betrayal at Calfbox putting together this really cool, like pre heresy themed Death Watch army. Anyway, I could talk about that forever. And they're just, they're awful. They're they're pretty they're, bad. They're pretty bad. Like, it's 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 pretty it's pretty sad to me that like to make that to make that list work for me and get wins with it, uh, I am like. A thousand points of Death Watch and about eight hundred and fifty points of, of uh, I tried Tau and that, and then I had better success with Eldar, yeah. which makes me sick. That's it's like not, yeah, that's dead, not what you want to do. It's, it's a fluff killer. It's become a fluff killer <laughs> list, um, at least for now. Right, and um, we'll we'll see. Uh, we don't know. I know every. I know Eighth Edition looks like it's on the horizon, but we don't still officially know yet. Um, so they might just go into end times, progress the storyline, and then just 
add some new factions and that's it. or or change some factions up a little. I don't know. Um, well, you you probably know this better than I do, but my just random searching on the internet and everybody's commentary, you know, tells me, you know, from different sites and stuff tells me that there's going to be a an Eldar soup uh, you know, uh for that de- de- uh sorry, detachment. There, there just are like rumors got... that the Eldari um <laughs> You're right, 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 right. The Eldari are going to get some cool stuff, uh, but those are just rumors. Um, we unfortunately cannot deal in rumors as a competitive 40k podcast. We have to kind of deal in facts. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, there are rumors that Eldar will get a lot more powerful uh, joy, unless of course <laughs> it's uh, Dark Eldar or Harlequins or Corsairs. In that case, hooray! Um, I, think, I think Corsairs are pretty. They're doing just fine. You know, what, you're right. Dark Eldar need the love. Uh, GW, please, please. Give the dark give those right. dark elder players a bone. Give them something. Put them into the other side of the hourglass. Squeeze them through if you have to. Um, but it, they, they would like it. They, they would. Dark elder players love it. There are. Uh, if there's one thing I've learned from running the secondhand shop, and for those of you who don't know, Frontline Gaming has a secondhand shop. We buy and sell your used miniatures. So if you guys have some miniatures that you're not uh, using, maybe you have some Death Watch that are collecting death, dust. We will buy them, and you can turn them into a beautiful, winning Dark Angels Lions Blade Battle Company. Um, that's that's just my <laughs> my shameless promotion. Uh, but uh, one thing I've learned from the to, second to add shop, to that, I can say that I've I've used your secondhand shop, and it's great. Thanks, I appreciate that. Um, it, it's definitely it's definitely uh, something I enjoy doing, and I enjoy working with at Frontline Gaming. Um, but anyways, if you there are a lot of Dark Elder players, and there are a lot of Dark Elder players who are selling their armies, um, and they are beautiful, beautiful Dark Elder armies, and um, it's just so it's so rough having to tell them like, hey, people aren't buying your venoms, um, so you know that that money that you spent on those Dark Eldar that you bought, because they're because GW may be they might be unbalanced with their rules, but they're balanced with their prices. Uh, those Venoms are going to cost just as much as every other vehicle. Um, so, like, you know, an arm and a leg. <laughs> um, right. Right. Uh, but basically, it, it's it's really depressing to see as um, someone who, who wants players to, to enjoy this game the way they want to and uh, wants people to play kind of tactically sound and play treat this like a game and not just a hobby. Um, it's it's really it's really kind of a bummer because I'm seeing beautiful Chaos Space Marine armies, Dark Elder armies, Orc armies, Guard armies, and I'm just I'm receiving them and I'm just like, guys, I feel so like you're selling. It's obviously you're selling an army that you know and love, and you're doing it because you can't play it on the tabletop. Like I know they might not admit it. Um, it, it's a lot of like, oh, I'm quitting the hobby. Here's my Imperial Guard, but no one's ever saying like, oh, I'm quitting the hobby. I'm gonna get rid of my five Wraith Knights. Or my Riptide Wing, or my Space Marine Battle Company. That's not happening. Sure, that's yeah. not happening at all. It's it's, you know, I'm quitting the hobby. Please buy my Dark Eldar and my Sisters of Battle. Uh, and that's right. That's Frust- frustration, frustration of having waited. Frustration of having waited too long right. for you know right un, for broken promises. Which, yeah, I mean, it's a little too bad because I think that we're right on the right on the cusp, right on the horizon of seeing a lot of great changes. I, I really, um, I really do. I do agree with you, and I, I I'm optimistic um for those of you who believe in the eighth edition rumors uh hang on to your armies as you know just just until just until the end times ends just give it until the end times um give gw one 
uh, the way I've been I've been telling people is give GW one full year uh, to bring this game into balance because you know they just barely turned over this new leaf this summer, right? So it hasn't even been a full it's barely been a half a year since they've turned over this new leaf and since they've started listening to players. So orc orcs dark eldar sisters of battle, you guys just just hold on just hold on your armies just a little longer don't give up hope. Uh, wait for the- blood angels. Blood don't, angels. Don't give in. Don't go. Don't give in, brothers. Don't give in, battle don't, brothers. Don't don't give in, guys. Um, and for those of you listening to this podcast, hey everyone. Uh, so unfortunately, we were going to record Thomas's interview there right after I finished that thought, but unfortunately, like an idiot, I muted my mic, and so we don't have that audio. But don't worry, guys. We will have the audio for you guys later on. Maybe next week. Maybe later on during the week. Uh, Thank you guys for listening, and one last thing before I head off, you guys are the best listeners in the world. I have a lot of new listeners, and you guys are amazing, you guys are, I just wanted to thank you guys. Uh, So, anyways guys, thanks for listening to Chapter Tactics. I'm sorry this one was a little short, look for that interview, have a good one.